Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors have lost four straight. They got smacked around by the Minnesota Timberwolves, and we're all left scratching our heads being like, wait, what What? What just happened? <laughs> we were so, feeling so good about this team uh, for the first couple of weeks, and honestly, I still feel decently about them. You're not just going to toss the season because uh, they've run into a buzzsaw of teams that they match up terribly against, right? It's not like they played Cleveland once, they played them twice. Now it's, like, it's not like they're playing Minnesota once, they're playing them twice. So it's going to expose the Warriors' shortcomings, both literally and figuratively, immediately, right? And hey, this is a good thing. This is a good thing, right? You want to know this right away. And I think it's something where Mike Dunleavy needs to figure some stuff out. And also, you know, the Warriors in general, right? Like people were saying like, oh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, come on. You know, the distraction that Dwight Howard would have would have been. And also, like I've said, I've never liked Dwight Howard as a player, especially now. I don't think he's a Warriors type player. I don't know if he could actually have helped, but I would have taken JaVale McGee. That being said, I think at the end of the day, the Warriors have to look at themselves and be like, yo, yeah, okay, we're, we're a small team. But also they haven't played well, right? Andrew Wiggins, people in the YouTube comments have been talking to me about how concerned they are about him. And yeah, they should be, you know? And I was like, well, let's give it 20 games. But, you know, with four straight losses and some bad performances, especially against his old team, the Timberwolves, whom he usually plays really well against, uh, what's what's the deal? You know, what's going on here? And then Clay, I mean, not shooting well, et cetera, et cetera. So will they gravitate towards the mean? And that's what I always say, right? Like, oh, I feel good. You know, last season is in the past and the guys look like they're cohesive. Second unit looks stronger. Let's see where it goes. But, you know, these are things where, hey, at the end of the day, these games don't really mean too much right now. It is November. It's not even fully halfway through November, but, you know, people are freaking out and it's not time to trade anybody, but always, always be looking to improve the team. I mean, I think that's what Bob Myers used to say, your due diligence to try to improve the team. And in my opinion, this Warriors team is set up for that due diligence, right? The whole point of getting Chris Paul is the flexibility with his contract. Chris Paul is He's been good for the Warriors, you know, this bad stretch that the whole team has played in, uh, notwithstanding. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, someone asked me, like, will Chris Paul be on the team in the second half of the season? I'm like, yes, if they're playing well. You know, if things go to hell, that's where I always figured changes could and would be made, right? Because his contract expires after this season. So maybe there's a team with a big out there or... Uh, a team that decides eventually that they just want to mail it in, you know, that they're like, okay, they they toss the season because whatever. So all of a sudden they want more cap space. You give them Chris Paul and whatever else, and then you get some other big or whomever else that that you've so desired for so long, then you go from there, right? And I think that flexibility is something that uh, is important, and I think it's something that we all recognized and saw from the very outset, once Chris Paul was signed, like everybody talked about that, right? Like he could be gone. And then people are talking about like wasting another year of Steph. I mean, what, what does that mean to you? <laughs> like, who do you want them to get? What do you want them to do? If you want to trade uh, Kaminga, 
or Moody or the other young guys, then like, okay, great, fine. What are you going to get for that? And then also, you know who's wasting Steph's prime right now when Steph is the only guy who is playing well and the only guy who has consistently gotten over 20 points a game? Dario Saric is the other guy on this Warriors team who has scored 20. He scored 20 points against OKC uh, a week and a half ago right? And no one else has scored 20 points. Is that going to continue? I really, really doubt it. But to me, you know, who's wasting Steph's prime is Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson. I mean, like those guys are not playing well. I think they'll get back to where they're supposed to be. And even if it's not like Clay's not averaging 20, maybe he gets 17, whatever. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, that's, that's the big question mark there for me, right? Because we know Wiggins' reputation before he got to the Warriors, but then all he had to do was play like third offensive wheel. And in that final series or the finals uh, run, he was great, right? He was awesome. But he missed a big chunk of last season. And who knows? Who knows what's affecting him? Is he hurt? Is his uh, rib still bugging him from the playoffs against the Lakers last season? Uh, or has he even like taken a further step back? in terms of assertiveness, right? Like all of a sudden he didn't have to be the number one option or number two option. He could be number three, pick and choose the spots. Maybe now like he's of a mindset where he doesn't even uh, get aggressive enough to be uh, the third scorer on the court at any given time. So that's an issue. And I think hopefully somebody's talking to him. I don't know. I don't know if Steph or Draymond can get in his ear. I don't know if um, Steve Kerr, I mean, he's the coach, should be talking to him. I mean, if Mike Brown was still on the team, maybe he'd be the guy. If Andre Godala, you know, Andre Godala famously, like in the finals against the Celtics in Boston, he was like, you know, pumping uh, Wiggins up for his play in the finals. And who knows? Who knows? But hopefully he can figure out a way to bring that effort. I'm I'm frustrated by this team. Uh, like I said, after the Denver game, I was encouraged because it's like okay, you know, they went in there on a on a at the end of a ton of road games uh, without Draymond, without Gary Payton II, and they they competed, right? But they've just been exposed a little bit against these teams because they are not good right now against young athletic teams. They're kind of built for the less athletic bigs, right? Like Jokic, uh, uh, AD, um, even to some extent Giannis, right? As much as like the Warriors can prepare for uh, somebody they only see twice a year. But what they're seeing is these dynamic young dudes. Like they got Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, again, bouncy, rangy, long, athletic, and those teams also have athletic wings. And then you got the Timberwolves who are making it work. Props to props to them. Uh, they have obviously Rudy Gobert, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, but they have defense on the perimeter as well with McDaniels and man, love Anthony Edwards, man. If only if only <laughs> the Warriors got the number one pick that year, that would have been wild. But that being said, uh, let's see how they play against Minnesota the second night. They won't be coming off a of back-to-back. They can hopefully game plan. I mean, this is going to be an interesting one because if they lose to Minnesota again at home with a day off, with uh, 48 hours or whatever, 36 hours to plan and come up with some schemes that might be able to work against these Wolves, then... You know, if they lose that, then it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know? 
That being said, I don't feel the bad vibes from last season, the negativity, the whatever. This is like normal Warriors fan negativity and and hand-wringing and, and freaking out and stuff. This isn't like, oh my gosh, you know, this team is so depressing or anything like that, like last year. It's so exhausting to watch. But right now, um, you know, we'll take it one game at a time. Hopefully they can find a team that is uh, not long and rangy and more athletic than them. Uh, because right now they're looking old, they're looking small, and the inability to get guys like Kaminga and Moody a lot more minutes last season is showing up because if they got all those reps, got all those bad decisions, you know, just all that game time, if they'd gotten more, then they'd be smoother, they'd be better. But that kind of stuff is going to happen as this season goes along. They'll look a lot better come March, come April than they do now and obviously both moody and kaminga show a lot of flashes but also you know i gotta say uh i really really am liking uh uh brandon pajemski uh because that dude has moxie and i will once again say that i didn't think he was going to be that great but just seeing how he carries himself on the court and seeing his smarts and his savvy and his fearlessness those are things that a guy like him or any guy trying to make it into the nba uh, is really, really going to need, and he has that. And also, I like Trace Jackson Davis. I love the fact that those dudes went to the G League on this homestand and just, like, killed it. You know, I mean, they just they lit it up. So that's what you want to see from your rookies who you're hoping who can contribute, right? You don't want to see a guy like, you know, no offense, but got to say James Wiseman who would go to the G League and not stand out from anyone and take like maybe a couple weeks before he showed any kind of improvement or um you know level of dominance so i'm glad these guys got in there showed what they got and again this team is going to evolve uh whether that means new guys coming in other guys going out or if it means just internal development then we'll see We'll see, you know, but uh, four games in a row, losing, it sucks. But let me look at the Suns, look at the Clippers, look at the Lakers, all teams that are veteran, that are trying to figure their stuff out, that have some new pieces, that we all, for the most part, maybe not the Clippers, but the Suns and the Lakers, uh, that we expect to be standing uh, come playoff time, at least uh, maybe top four, top five teams. Will somebody drop? Who knows? That's why you play the games. But uh, this is just early season growing pains. And not to ignore the problems. I know they're there. I see them. But, you know, let's take it game by game and uh, and whatnot. But don't get me wrong. Like the product of basketball that we've seen against uh, the Cavs and then the Timberwolves has been pretty gross. <laughs> you know, pretty unencouraging and uh, shoulder shrugging. But, you know, we'll see how this Minnesota game uh, turns out on Tuesday. All right, that's all I got. All right, well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. 
Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Thank you.